Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Good Friday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us today. Glad to have you along for the ride with Michael Borky and Brian Haydad. I'm Richard Cross. We're coming to you in the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Visit them online at pearlriverresort.com and check out everything that is uh, happening there. And uh, stop by and Make a wager. Get in on the action yourself at the uh, sportsbook inside the Golden Moon Casino. Text line is open, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business. Um, check them out online at cspire.com slash business. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, I'm just going to be honest with you. When I open my mouth and do whatever it is internally that makes me talk, I'm not entirely sure words are going to come out. So, sports radio, any sports media platform should have a ton of energy, like high-level energy, strong, you know, strong everything. That's what it should be. I think today you should go full, like Gary McCord in the fairway, following the final group, and just re- really keep it down here. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like there needs to be no emotion in my voice today. Yeah, if just, I can just kind of go with monotone. And by the way, I, I think it sounds extra deep. Like, it does, yeah. Like like bourbon I'm, and reds. I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to talk like this the rest of the show because I, I have the deepest voice on this show and I have to go deeper now that you have gone to where you are. Yeah. I, I'm not sure that you do today. I, I, I'm, I don't know that I can get down that low. I'm, I'm, I'm getting well deep into the baritone there, you know, like guy yeah. from the uh, crash test dummies kind of thing going on. I mean, if I didn't feel the way that I feel, like with drainage and whatever else, and I've been fighting this kind of all week and it just hit all of a sudden. I, I was on a phone call this afternoon and I tried to say hello and it came out like, oh, 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 oh. I was like, oh, excuse me. <laughs> you going to be all right for tomorrow on the call here for Mississippi State versus Auburn? Well, truth be told, I'm going to do the best that I can with you guys. And if it's just not working, I'm going to have to shut it down. I am happy to report that within the last hour, I have popped three steroid pills and the uh, the first dose of azithromycin. So hopefully your, the inflammation. Your head already away. looks bigger. It does it? You get the Barry Bonds head working. Yeah, I, I understand. 
Um, hopefully that's the uh, the magic bullet. I have three bottles of water next to me as we uh, we sit here, so chug on the uh, water and hope for the best. I will say this, if not for how it feels and not being sure, like if I could do something where my voice would stay this deep all the time, I I think I would do it. I think I would sign on for that. Take up cigarettes. That seems like a bad. <laughs> Have you considered plan. smoking? Yeah, I, I'm not kidding. True story. When I first started here, uh, I started uh, in sales for I guess it was six months. But uh, somebody that worked here at the time and still works here today told me, if you want to be on air, you need to start smoking. Is what he said to me. He said, if you want to have they the voice, meat. you you need to, or I would encourage you to smoke more. <laughs> I was like, uh, no, I've, I've never, and I'm proud of this fact, I've never had a cigarette in my life, never had a dip in my life, ever. I will have the oca- very occasional cigar. Uh, and sorry, Paul, I have... Uh, left-handed, left-handed cigarettes. Uh, I, I ver- fewer than five times in my life, but I have tried hey, it. Hey, Dad. Mm, marijuana. Yes. I did try that in college, but uh, I didn't like that either. But... I didn't take up that suggestion, and and here I am. So I guess uh, jokes on that person. So I love our friends on the ceasefire text line. Wait, it's Friday. Why is Richard at work anyway? Uh, you mean <laughs> separate message? You mean Richard is actually working on a Friday? Yeah. Your body is rejecting it. Your body is rejecting you trying to be here on a Friday. It's like this isn't right. We should be on the road. We should be at this the hotel. Is, something. This is at least two Fridays in a row. At least. Yeah. Yeah, you were here last Friday. Yeah. How about that? I'll be with you next Friday. Whoa. Not sure about the one after that, and then all of the remaining Fridays in February, I'll be here. But my schedule sounds is great. Travel light over the um, over the next few weeks. Well, that's good. Which, yeah, I'm thankful for. It's Pretty a big battle a little good. more often. Very good. Um. So, lots to get to this afternoon. We've got uh, big basketball weekend. We have conference championship games on the NFL side of things. Bruce will join us, as he always does, on Fridays. We will also get into a uh, food Friday coming up a little bit later. But the truth of the matter is, say what? I was going to say, speaking of food and the uh, conference championship games on Sunday... The f- one of the funnier things I've seen this season in the NFL just happened. So the Lions released their injury report. Jonah Jackson's out with a knee injury. Chase Lucas is questionable because he's sick. Hendon Hooker, which you, you don't usually have three quarterbacks active anyway, so it was either going to... Anyway, Hendon Hooker is out for the, the Lions 49ers game on Sunday, and the reason is tooth. Tooth? That's what they list on the injury report. Hendon Hooker, questionable, tooth. <laughs> what? I mean, I guess if you've ever had a toothache, you know how bad it can be. What if he just like got his uh, um, wisdom teeth taken? Yeah, out? he got his wisdom teeth taken. Out. Well, no, it's, I saw a tweet about it. He had a chipped tooth and it got pulled, so he's out with that. <laughs> he chipped a tooth. He had to go to the dentist to get it removed, and that is a problem, evidently. <laughs> Don't you think if he was the starter, he still would have been playing? Oh, no doubt. He'd okay. be playing, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. They would have come up with something other than removing the tooth immediately 
uh, they would they would have come up with another remedy. There are. They've been like, you're just going to have to li- live with a chipped tooth for a week, and we'll worry about yeah. it during you know if we win, we got an off week, and if we lose, it doesn't matter. It didn't Dan kind of polish Skipper... it down or buff it down so it's not jagged or yeah. do a little bonding yeah. agent there to put the whatever. Yeah. I think Dan Skipper Invisalign. If you ever question the toughness of a modern football player, I think he has got a knee and an ankle sprain, and he's going to play offensive line for four quarters in a playoff game. The, those dudes are cut from a different cloth. They really are. I mean, and you saw both injuries happen last week. Never came out of the game. I mean, he got rolled up on. His knee went away. It's not supposed to go. Stayed in the game. And then later, he got rolled up on again, and his ankle went away that your ankle is not supposed to go. And uh, do not take me out of this game. I'm going to push around a 330-pound dude after getting rolled up on like that twice. Built different. He played at Arkansas. Is that right? I think so. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. He was good. Big dude too. Big dude. Um, yeah, those guys are those guys are made a little different. No, no question. So it should be fun, right? Uh, two games on Sunday afternoon. The Lions game is the early game. Is that right? I should know that off the top of my head, but they are first. That. Yeah, she. Uh, no, Chiefs, no, Chiefs Ravens. Ravens first. Chiefs Ravens is the early game. Yeah, they can't. Yeah, the West Coast game. Can't West Coast be early game. Later, can it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lions at 49ers, which just doesn't feel right. I mean, very cool that the Lions are in this position, but when I think of the 49ers hosting a playoff game to go to the Super Bowl, I envision the Cowboys on the other side, the Packers Cowboys, on the other Packers. side. Yeah, a fog yeah. layer yeah. hanging over the field, little little wet, little muddy. Man, those are some. There were some great Cowboys Niners games to uh, to get to that spot as well. So one of the rare circumstances in professional sports where you've got a Cinderella story, which they shouldn't be, because going into the year everybody was like, "This Lions team is going to be good. Like they they are good, very good." But still, that's what it feels like that you've got a Cinderella story coming out of nowhere. Assistant greenskeeper, he's in the hole. I don't think the heavy stuff's going to get here for some time now. <laughs> yeah, if you guys haven't watched, there's a documentary that's as funny as the movie itself. And you find it on YouTube for free. You don't have to. There's a documentary on how they made Caddyshack, which, if you weren't familiar with what we were quoting, that's, that's Caddyshack. The, those, if you weren't I, familiar with what we were quoting, turn off the radio and don't listen to the show. We don't want sure. you. Well, huh. Um, no, we want you. Uh, in fact, we're not going to try and push any of our fans away. Just saying. Anyway, if you got some free time this weekend, I encourage you to, uh, to to watch it because it's a miracle that movie got made. I mean, all they did was drink and party and drink and party, and that's all they did. And uh, Chevy Chase and Bill Murray hate each other. Would The only time they spoke is when the cameras were rolling. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in the same room together. Just a very interesting making of that movie. You think it was more Kinda that like Chevy mean, Chase didn't like Bill Murray or that Bill Murray didn't like Chevy Chase? Nobody likes Chevy Chase. That's Chevy Chase is. is like a pariah in Hollywood. They, everybody hates mm-hmm. him. And Murray just did not mesh. But, yeah, the fact that they got Who doesn't that like Bill Murray? No, Come on. nobody. It's, a, it's I mean, a minor miracle. Very interesting. He could get to be a bit much at times, but, yeah, it's hard not to like Bill Murray.
So there's a story that lots of people are talking about, and uh, I suppose we will when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Hope you'll stick with us. The best, the best sports talk in the state. It's the best thing. Say that again. We the best on three. One, two, three. We the best. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort studios this afternoon. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, and Michael Borky. So, almost had a women's basketball game last night. They beat Florida, and that was not the story at all because of the post-game press conference, opening statement, and subsequent response to a question that Yolette McPhee-McEwen gave last night um, about attendance and buy-in from Ole Miss fans and specifically the Oxford community. And the thing that seemed to trigger her, she sat down and that was her opening statement following the game. The, the same thing that seemed to trigger her was a tweet that we talked about yesterday on the show. Um, Chase Parham at Rebel Grove tweeted the the revenue numbers for football, men's and women's basketball, and baseball. He had a follow-up conversation that was scheduled with Keith Carter to get some more context, but he had done the, the reporting and the digging and put that out. That information being public is not unusual. It's always public, and the question is, is there somebody that on an annual basis is going to dig for it and put it out there? There is a guy at USA Today, Steve Berkowitz, which that, that's his like basically his job. He covers a few other things, but he does the salary and revenue databases for USA Today and writes stories about those, and you see them kind of spread throughout the year, you know. Coaching salaries, biggest budgets, you know, biggest increase in budget year over year, biggest decrease. These are the schools in the black. These are the schools in the red. You, you see those stories all the time. So Chase put that out there yesterday, and we talked about it, right? The, the Ole Miss football team operating at about a $12 million profit. The Ole Miss men's basketball team operating at about a three three and a half million dollar loss. Um, women's basketball operating at an eight and a half million dollar loss. And baseball at Ole Miss, I think they were, and I'm doing this off the top of my head, I think it was $161,000 net like profit that. for baseball. Some of that, yeah. yeah. And we referenced all of the numbers. You got some of the reaction that happened also on Twitter with people going, whoa, women's basketball is losing $8.5 million. We provided a little context in so much as that on the men's basketball side of things, you normally expect that to be a revenue-producing sport, not to be a drain on revenue, that there is a, a coaching buyout, salary buyouts that are part of that budget, and also that both on the men's and the women's side, from an accounting standpoint, there is a $2.4 million annual debt service payment on the pavilion. It's a $95 million project, 
and that's the annual payment that is made on that, and it has to be categorized somewhere. And so the accounting principles that Ole Miss uses, they assign it to the two sports that primarily use that building. We talked about it in the context of what it could mean going forward if we get to revenue sharing. And I thought it was that was a pretty interesting conversation, a relevant conversation. I have said more times than Brian Haydad wants to hear, I am a fan of the business of college sports, business of sports, period, and that's probably why we talk about it more than, than some do. And Haydad is like, can we talk about the games? <laughs> yes. Yes, we can. Um, but some of the reaction on Twitter to that tweet was um, not the kindest towards women's basketball and looking at the significant loss in which they operate, and that prompted Yolette McPhee-McEwen in her post-game press conference last night after a win to kind of go off and advocate for women's basketball, women's sports in general, and then kind of rolled that into not getting the support that they need for their ball games, and it just has turned into a massive thing. Um, there are a couple of now like we can talk as much as you guys want to about this, but I've been thinking about it all day. It's like, okay, how do you approach this? How do you talk about it? To me, there are a couple of things that stand out. The Ole Miss women's basketball team is an innocent bystander in this conversation. They're playing well. They're coming off a Sweet Sixteen team trip a year ago, and. Their head coach has inserted herself into a story that, frankly, would have gone away and by the time that the clock turned from twelve to or from eleven fifty nine to twelve o'clock last night. No, nobody was going to continue to talk about it because most people understand that that's reality annually. That's reality at the schools that she references. Yeah, South Carolina and LSU that are well attended generally. Uh, last night was certainly an anomaly, but still, those right. programs lose millions of dollars. It's just the cost of having women's basketball programs that you try to win with. Right. Um, so, so I think the first thing worth saying is I, I feel like the women's basketball team itself, who is playing well and had a nice win last night, they're kind of like an innocent bystander. Like, they're just catching strays for no reason at all. Yeah. And that's a shame because they work hard and they're playing hard and they're winning games and all of those things. The other thing that I kept thinking is, what what is this the equivalent of? Is it an on goal in soccer or hockey? Uh, unforced errors in tennis where your opponent didn't do anything, but you double-faulted and gave up a point that led to a game which was set and match. And and here's what I mean by that. I don't know that there are any winners in this. Like th- this whole fiasco, I-, I don't know that there's a single winner. Yolette McPhee-McEwen is upset with the lack of support or a perceived lack of support for her program. There are a lot of Ole Miss fans today, a lot of Ole Miss fans today, who maybe didn't even have a dog in the hunt. Like, like women's basketball is just a non-starter for them, that now they are actively against it. And then you have people who were supporters of women's basketball within the Oxford community who were going to games who feel like they just got yelled at by the head coach for no reason. 
and your rival down the road, who she referenced without calling by name, Mississippi State, who had 7,000, she said, for that game, they're just going to sit back and laugh. And other programs in your league are going to use your own words to recruit against you. Yeah. It was a completely unforced error. Airing of dirty laundry, you know, how what, whatever analogy you want to use, the delivery of that last night was, I mean, badly missed the mark. The the delivery paired with the the tweets today, and, and what I've learned is what what is popular on Twitter is not popular in real life. I mean, everybody should know that already. But just because somebody has a ton of followers on Twitter doesn't mean that they are. Uh, good or influential in any way, because Twitter received, uh, you know, the the clapping back at fans today as a good thing. But in reality, when you talk to real people, it is not being received well, and it's not because it was asking for more fan support. It was talking down to the Oxford community as being backwards. That, that was the implication, is everybody else supports it but you. That was what was said. The world has caught up but you. You need to catch up because everybody else has caught up. And, yes. And, and, and when she says everybody else, she means all of the rest of women's college basketball. And that's just a fallacy. It's just not true. Exactly. I, I, spent, not. I spent some time looking at some attendance numbers last night. And it, South Carolina's attended well. Don Staley's also won championships, but South Carolina's attended well. South Carolina's an anomaly. Iowa is an anomaly. Caitlin Clark is an anomaly. The crowd at the PMAC last night, that's an anomaly. That is not typical in women's basketball, and Kim Mulkey's also a championship-winning coach. Even Mississippi State today, their attendance is atypical. Mississippi State fans go to women's basketball games. They care. Even in the post-Schaefer era, their attendance is not typical. It is an outlier. And that's a compliment to Mississippi State. But, but it is an outlier. Generally so, speaking. So I've been around women's basketball for a long time. I was the play-by-play voice for Ole Miss for a number of years. And Ole Miss dominated the rivalry with Mississippi State for the first 25 years of the series, 30 years of the series. That turned a little bit in the early 2000s when Mississippi State had Tan White and LaToya Thomas, two transcendent players, great players from the state of Mississippi. And I remember doing games in Starkville where they had what were at the time phenomenal crowds, four or 5,000, five, 6,000 maybe, but nowhere touching seven, eight, nine, ten thousand 10,000 like they had when Vic Schaefer got that thing rolling. Right. And the crowds have gotten a little smaller post Vic Schaefer, but you also built in some fans who have stuck with it. Pick this conversation up on the other side. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Sports Talk Mississippi on the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. You're getting there. 
Streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being oh. with us. I don't know. We need to get you some uh, some Vicks uh, cough drops. Those are the ones that really get me. I mean, it's like they almost hurt that they're that effective, but um, yeah, it's it's bad. I know that. But but before the break, uh, just to to kind of complete a thought, ninety nine percent of college fan bases don't support women's basketball well. Is that okay? Maybe it's not okay. And, and, you know, she mentioned in her rant last night that the sport is growing. It absolutely is growing. LSU South Carolina beat the NBA on TNT last night. I mean, it's growing. More people are paying attention. But still, generally speaking, men's games are watched by a rather significant margin more than women's games. Generally speaking, men's games are attended by a rather significant margin more than that of women's games. To paint the Oxford community as backwards because they are among the 99% of college towns and fan bases is really unfair, and that's really not a good way to cultivate a fan base. This wasn't, you know, after the game, you know... We got another game going on in our league tonight where, you know, they've sold out the arena. They they sold that place out, huge environment. I've got girls here working hard, winning games. How can we get that to happen here? It wasn't that. It was you guys are wrong. Everybody else is supporting it but you. You're backwards. You are a community that's wrong. You don't think we have value. Everybody else thinks they have value, not you. That's a problem. Because 99% of programs are like Ole Miss, and 1% are like LSU, South Carolina, yes, including Mississippi State. And not to mention, Baton Rouge's metro area is a million people. Columbia, South Carolina's metro area is 900,000 people. Does Oxford have a metro area? If you count Memphis. If you count Memphis. You look- I, I was going to say, if if you count Abbeville and Taylor, what is the metro? It's <laughs> the metro area. That's yeah. another 125 people. You've got 30,000. Not counting the students. So there's there's 50,000 people. So th- that that's where the issue lies, is when you speak down to those people. And it's a university that gives you a top 10 salary in the sport. According to Forbes, and they may or may not be right, the largest recruiting budget, the, the, the largest recruiting budget, it's, it's not the way to go about it. It's not. And, and this is not too long after you had a record-breaking crowd and after the game you said that, well, my team's not used to a big crowd and that's why they lost. So when you get it, you complain about it. When you don't get it, you complain about it. Should they be supported more? Absolutely, they should. They should. They're winning games. Winners deserve support. She took that program from the dead. It was dead. It was nothing. And turned it into a winner. It's remarkable the job she's done there. It is. And it deserves support. That's not the way to get it. Yeah, and, and people are, uh, you know, I said earlier, people that 
aren't necessarily otherwise engaged with women's basketball are engaged today and not necessarily in a in a good way um so it's it's tough it's tough all the way around I, I still stand by kind of what I said earlier that this is kind of like an own goal you know you you kind of brought the negative attention does it does it create the desired outcome nope it be, be, well uh, because uh, we don't know yet in, in fairness we don't know yet Yolette McPhee McEwen went after Ole Miss fans. Period. Last night. And then made sure that she put everything that she said on Twitter and retweeted it and is engaged with people, positive and negative, on Twitter throughout the course of the day-to-day. So if you're going to do that, you are looking for a desired outcome. What's the desired outcome? Clearly, she wants more people in the seats. And good for her for advocating that more people come and support her team. She sees how hard they work. She believes they deserve it. She should absolutely. Yolette should be a that she should be the chief advocate for her team and fans coming to support her team. But in the way that she chose to go about it, is she, did she help her cause or did she hurt her cause? Jury's still out, right? Because we had, they haven't played a game. If it happened last night, they got Tennessee coming in on Sunday. That's a game that probably would have had a decent crowd regardless. Tennessee fans will show up. That orange will stand out in the arena. So what? what's the litmus test? Is it the next Thursday night home game? Or is it Sunday? I mean... You got Tennessee, one of the, even though they have not been nearly as good for a while, still one of the biggest brands in women's college basketball on your home floor at two o'clock on Sunday afternoon. Anybody that wants to get there can get there. So if there are 5,000 fans that are there and only 500 of them are Tennessee fans, does that mean it was a win? Does it need to be 7,500 with only 1,000 of them Tennessee fans for it? To, you see what I'm getting at? It's like, yeah. okay, you chose to go this route. You burned some bridges. You made some people mad. Did you take a calculated risk? Because what's the point of doing it? Okay, I think we can all believe, I think, that her point was, I've got to try to get more people at my games for this team. I don't think she went about it the right way. I don't think you think she went about it the right way. Most of the people that I've talked to today either don't think she went about it the right way or are furious. I've talked to one person today, a sweet, sweet lady, dear friend, called me. And and we talked about it, and she said she's a, a big women's basketball fan, has been for a long time. Talking about how hard the team was working, how they were winning, how this thing has turned around in the time that Yolette's been here as the the head foot uh, the head women's basketball coach, all those things. And I agreed with everything that she said. And I told her, I said, I've been around women's basketball for a really long time. Like I get it, but I don't think the way the head coach went about it was the right way. But we'll see. 
But that's the only person that I've spoken to today who had a positive reaction. And even she was a little uncertain on the delivery. She's like, I didn't love what she said, but the message was, and I'm like, I, I hear you. I don't disagree with that. And so I guess we'll see on Sunday. And there's there's no men's game the day before, so you're not having to, to try to get people to double up like like that happened this week. You had an important men's game. A lot of people went to that. Getting people to go to back-to-back midweek basketball games is a, a really difficult ask. Not the case this weekend. Yeah. Um... More people are, are talking about them than, than ever before. So yeah, well, if you I mean, believe in that. the all press is good press, yeah, it it, uh, it worked. But uh, but man, it's um, there's a Somebody difference between it. advocating for your team and right. So how about this? People. Somebody said, "Is this going to get to the public that isn't on X or Twitter and doesn't listen to the show?" I actually I was curious about that, and so I went to the ESPN homepage. Nothing on the homepage. So I went to the women's basketball homepage on ESPN. Nothing about it there. So, I don't know. It feels like more of a local press cycle. Especially when you specifically call into question the integrity of somebody that's covered Ole Miss Athletics for a very significant yeah, amount of and, time. And look, Chase Parham is a friend of mine. I've known him for a He and I were in school at the same time. He's a friend of mine. And I think he does really good work. That doesn't mean I agree with everything that Chase writes or everything that he says. But he is conscientious. He works hard to get it right. He's got good relationships within the athletics department at Ole Miss. And he does a good job, in in my opinion. I thought attacking him as like Twitter boy was um or, or that that guy on Twitter, that's that's uncalled for. And he did respond to her on Twitter and said that he didn't appreciate her calling in to question his professionalism and his work. But he understands that Twitter's not real life. How about she come and join him on a podcast next week? He would be glad to come to her. They could record it and sit down face-to-face. I have not seen that there's been a response on that. So, anyway, that's where we are. And that is where I'm going to leave you boys. Before my voice croaks altogether. I'm leaving it in the wonderfully you put, capable You put in a solid of, 25 hours this week. No problem. <laughs> Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Hey, Dad and Borky on the other See side you tomorrow. of this timeout. If it's happening in Mississippi sports, you'll hear about it first right here. Sports Talk Mississippi. We're back, Sports Talk, Mississippi. Borky and Haydad with you for the rest of the day. There's big basketball games uh, tomorrow. He's supposed to be on the call for one. Your voice is not deep enough. Could you uh, work on that a little bit? He's supposed to be on the call no. for one. That's nah, horse. I want deep. I want deep. Oh, I don't know if I can. Maybe lock there it is. doors and turn the lights. Love that song. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, Richard's supposed to be on the call for Auburn, Mississippi State tomorrow. He's probably going to do everything in his power to figure out the voice thing between now and tip-off in Starkville tomorrow. We'll talk about that uh, at the beginning of the next hour. This is an interesting text, though. This is Joel in Batesville. 
He said, how does this compare to what Lane Kiffin said about the students and the crowd? I feel like these two are comparable in some way. They are. And to her credit last night, she did say, I understand football is king here. So to her credit, she did acknowledge that. But football is king. Lane Kiffin did take shots at his fans. Uh, for uh, It was the Tulsa game two years ago where he said they came out of the halftime locker room and it felt like a high school game. You know, the and first of all, that made Ole Miss fans mad too. But the football coach yeah. can say those things. They can do that because football is a second religion in the South. The football coach can get away with things like that and people will go because it's it's football. If you're trying to cultivate a fan base in a sport that doesn't have one, questioning the integrity of a mainstay journalist that has covered the program forever and talking about how the community is backwards is not going to have the same reception as the football coach because it's it's similar, but but it is quite... Quite different. And again, Kiffin's comments were not received well. It was 100 degrees that day, and they were playing Tulsa. Yeah. But Kiffin can say that because he's the football coach. Yeah. I mean, you're correct. The football coach can get away with things the women's basketball coach cannot when it comes to the, the commentary they can make about the support their program receives. I mean, even now, even now, with as much support as Kiffin is getting, right? Millions of dollars being pumped into the program. He's one of the highest paid coaches in the country. The Grove Collective is 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 obviously doing very well. But if he came out tomorrow and was like, it's not enough. We need more. Nobody would criticize him. Mm-mm. Nobody. They'd be like, yeah, he's probably right. Let's start donating money. But Yolanda, um, I can never you, you, I, Help me. Help me. Just call her Coach, Coach Yo. let. I'll make it easy. Yolette. Yolette McPhee McEwen. Yes. All right. Well, I'll just go with Coach Yo going forward. My apologies. Um, it, it, she can't. She could have been a lot less harsh than she was and probably would still face a similar amount of criticism. She could have, she could have gone, you know, what I would call the Vic Schaefer route. I don't think Vic Schaefer, you know, he, he constantly advocated for his program and, 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 browbeat people into coming into games, but did so in like the the fatherly fashion. You know, he, he was he was more positive and upbeat about it. She could have been like that, been like, you know, we really need y'all support and you know, Ole Miss is a great place and we need we need help for women's basketball. By the way, do not clip me saying uh Ole Miss is a great place. Um and it still would have been like, well, we're giving her all the support and look how much money we're blowing through. It, it still would have been bad, I think. But those people would have been wrong. If that would have been the approach, hey, we're we're winning here now. Look look at this team. They're playing hard. They're four and two in the SEC. Went to a Sweet Sixteen last year. They're winning. We need you. You. We need you. Our girls have stepped up. Now it's time for you guys to step up. We need you. Anybody that would criticize that message would be wrong. Would be dead wrong. Almost all of the yeah. criticism today is justified. Now, the people talking about folding the program, that's absurd. And, and yes, so it was a long rant. I, I, we can't read it. It's, it's very long. It's, it's on the school's website. It's on social media if you, you want to listen to it. it. It's easily accessible. 
that they post the press conferences online. Uh, you, you can watch it there. But um, th- there is a lot of what she said is correct. There is value in women's basketball, despite it losing millions of dollars. There is value in having these programs on a college campus. There are young women across the state of Mississippi that go to Starkville for games or go to Oxford for games that are inspired by what they see on the floor. And they play basketball. And they want to go to college. And they want to get better. And having sports in young people's lives improves their lives. It is data proven. So even though the university loses money on every sport that is not football, men's basketball, and baseball, those programs still have value. By pointing out that they lose money does not mean that there is no value. And so people say, no, just cut the program. Who needs women's basketball anyway? That That's wrong, too. It is an important thing, and it, it needs to survive. It is very important. It is very valuable. It also loses millions of dollars. Both of those things can be true at the same time. Yeah, we, we we have become advocates for things being true at the same time. Yeah, we, we, we the merch store. One day we're going to get to it. Uh, we are going to talk about uh, tomorrow's basketball games when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi. Don't go anywhere. Sports Talk Mississippi, your all-access pass to all things sports in Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi on the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. Six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text line. We're glad that you are with us. We're, we're going to move on, though. I, I appreciate all of you texting the show and and a, and a lot of thoughts and. Uh, opinions about what was said last night after the Ole Miss-Florida women's basketball game. Um, I do feel like if we kept talking about it, we'd kind of be beating a dead horse uh, when, when it comes to this. Uh, you know, we'll, uh, the, I mean, the news cycle will move on quickly. Uh, we will get to see how the, the fans truly respond because the, the only way to gauge how a fan base truly feels is to see if they actually attend games or not. So we'll see. In the meantime, Richard, by the way, off today... He's uh, feeling a little bit under the weather, and he is supposed to be, and hopefully he uh, still is. Nah, he's more like his just he's dealing with the, he's not the throat stuff. He's not off. First off, let's, let's be, let's, he was here. He was here. He left early. He left early. He tapped out on us. He tapped out. So, yeah, off. Now, all off would have insinuates that he was never here. He was here. I saw him, dang it. And he will be in Starkville tomorrow. Auburn, Mississippi yeah. State, a an extremely important game for the Bulldogs. Extremely important. And it's you know, Auburn is so 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 good, uh, but an opportunity to win a game at home before you go to Ole Miss on Tuesday you don't want to fall into another hole that you fell into last year cuz this one you might not be able to climb out of. Huge opportunity for Mississippi State tomorrow. You, you don't have to win this game, but man, it would be a heck of a lot better if you did. 
<laughs> be a lot cooler if they did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're, you're not wrong. I mean, you think about last year, well, I think they started 1-7 and seven in conference play. Uh, and, I mean, they're kind of looking something like that right in the face here. If they don't beat Auburn, they're going to have to travel to Ole Miss on uh, on Tuesday for a game against a team that hasn't lost at home this year. And then they'll play an Alabama team on the road and, and, a, and a team that's already beaten them at, at home this year. So looking right at it, no, there was no way to tell prior to the season starting that this was going to be the case, that, that what, eight of first state's first nine games were going to be quad ones in conference play. I mean, that's not something you could have ever projected. At that time, but that's exactly where we are uh, with this Mississippi State team. So, very tough assignment with an Auburn team that not only is playing well, but coming off of a loss. And so, you know, they're going to be focused. You know, they're going to be, you know, they're going to put everything together. Bruce Pearl is the the kind of coach who can can motivate a team. He's had a lot of success over the past few years against Mississippi State. State hasn't had a lot of success against Auburn. so it's going to be a tough assignment for Mississippi State. They've got to start getting more production from their backcourt. They need uh, Shaq Moore, Deshaun Davis, those guys. to start. Play. If they're going to start, they have to be able to provide some offense for Mississippi State. And I'll be interested to see if Keyshawn Murphy's back in the rotation this weekend. Uh, I haven't heard anything about that one way or the other. But if he, if he can play, that would give MSU another big body that they, really, they could really use uh, against this Auburn team, who's going to play, what, 10, 11 guys who can all, who can all play. So what kind of matchup, or is there a favorable matchup that Mississippi State has with Auburn? <laughs> I don't know, man. Home that's court, a good question. Because, that, that's one. Yeah, I mean, they, have, they have the home court. I mean, like I said, State's backcourt has just been such an issue right now that you can't sit there and say that they have – I mean, Tolu Smith is better than than the guy defending him. I'll give you that. Tolu Smith is that's where State well, nine times out of ten will have an advantage. That Tolu Smith will be the best five on the floor, but everywhere else, you know, I feel like Auburn's probably the better basketball team. So State needs that. You know, can we get Coach Yo in here to bang the the table for Mississippi State attendance? State needs a, a full hump uh, tomorrow to, to sort of be that sixth man and make a a, a tough environment for Auburn because. This is, I mean, this is just a really good Auburn basketball team. They, maybe the deepest team in the country. They play hard. Pearl is an outstanding coach. If State gets this win, that is a signature win. I mean, if they can beat Auburn and Tennessee in these first few games, that that's huge when you look at the rest of the uh, the path. And it would go a long way for confidence. It would get it, right now. If you said Brian pick the game on Tuesday, State Ole Miss, I'm probably going to pick Ole Miss. But if State were to beat Auburn, I would flip that pick. Or if they even if they just play well. I might be willing to flip that pick, but they they need to do that. They, I'm not saying that fan support is about to snap or anything like that, but people are are, are sort of looking around, going, "Wait a minute! I thought this team was going to be really good, and they haven't been thus far." Teetering a little bit, especially with baseball two weeks away. I mean, it can be very easy to turn your attention elsewhere. So, uh, what kind of crowd do you expect? I mean, students will be there it's sold and, out. and ready. It's sold out. But you know Auburn has does travel well, so I expect there to be some Auburn. That's fans crazy, there for right? Sure. That phenomenon, by the way, Auburn basketball has a traveling fan base that is like you can feel the impact of road yeah. fans for Auburn play, games. Yeah, yeah, good for them. You know, I mean that that that, that that's a good thing. You know, I, I've been with to some road games as a Mississippi, Mississippi State fan, where State had a big presence before, but not. To, to the extent where where Auburn is doing it almost every week, every road game you're seeing, 
you know a thousand plus Auburn fans in these arenas. So, um, but as far as the state crowd goes, I expect it to be sort of probably similar to what we saw last week with Vanderbilt. You know, not not it's sold out, but not a packed house, but seventy five, eight thousand, something like that. Yeah. Uh, enough to maybe impact the game. We get this text. The positive thing for State is Auburn has a tendency of having tough stretches after four to five games in the SEC, and a big part of that is the games being away. Auburn does not play well in league play on the road down the stretch. And another, you know, if you look back at this game last year, State only played Auburn once. It was at Auburn, and that was the game where, I don't know if you recall, Michael, but State was 0 of 18, I believe, yes, from three-point land. Yes, I remember that game. And, and and they lost the game by I think by four, and it's just like if they had just had a two for eighteen night, which is still miserable, yeah. they win the game. So you know, states just got to find a way to to play the kind of basketball we know they're capable of playing. You look at their record this year; they have good wins, right? The win over Washington State, the win over Northwestern is a good win. Obviously, they've beaten Tennessee. Uh, this year, so they've got a bunch of, of games. That, you know, right now they're currently two and four because at Washington, Washington State's up to forty-five in the net. So they're two and four that in the Tennessee game. They're three and one quad two. They just need to find a way to get a couple more quad one wins throughout the year, and they're going to be in good shape there. So this is a great opportunity for them. I, and it, I don't know if you could say that they're playing with nothing to lose. I feel like there is some pressure on them because they know these next two are on the road, and this is you know you don't want to be one and two. In your first three home games of the year. Now, granted, you've played three great teams in those home games. You know, when you look at the net rankings right now, uh, I believe all of those are top ten teams. Tennessee is currently third, Auburn is seventh, and Alabama's ninth, eighth. Those are the three teams you've played at home this year. Yeah, really tough. But you got finding a way to get two or three from that would be really, really good for State's resume. And especially because you know losing that Alabama game could have, should have, would have, should have won the game. And they did. Could have. Uh, certainly could yeah. have, uh, anyway. So the the trends, even though the record doesn't reflect it, still favor uh, the home team. It is remarkable when you look at the SEC how overwhelming it is. Home teams win these games. They just do. So mm-hmm. a huge, huge opportunity for State tomorrow against Auburn, uh, and uh, and Richard Cross will be there. Are you guys going to do anything, by the way? You will. You gonna you gonna meet up and. Well, we had lunch. We got lunch last week. Where'd so you go? If, if, if he's feeling better, we went to the Joint, which yeah. is an outstanding new barbecue restaurant we have here in town, Texas style. Cut the meat right there in front of you. You know, all this. It's, it's all a la carte. Like it's not you get a two meat platter with two sides. It's like no, you get mac and cheese and some potato salad, and then you go over here, you get your meat, then you can get free bread and all that, and you sit down and eat. That's how it's great. Should. Yeah, I that, eat there. that's. I I eat there probably way too often, to be honest with you. (laughs) Uh, Well, you say way too often. I say an appropriate amount. Well, well, here's the thing. Smoked turkey, it's good for you. Yes, it is. Low calorie, high protein. So I I, I go in there, I get like a half. You get a half pound of turkey, it's like 350 calories. Heck yeah. And it's a half pound of meat. So I get that and, you know, a Texas Twinkie or something, and and life is good. Nice. I've been eating a lot of eggs lately, trying to keep calorie count and protein high. Calorie count low, protein high, just eating eggs. Eggs is good for you there in that. Yeah. I don't like eggs. So that's, that's, that's no, there's no go for me. 
So I'll, the only way I like eggs is if you mix them with like milk and flour and some sugar, and you let them bake in the oven for like thirty minutes, right, and then you put a frosting over the top of them. I'll eat it. I'll eat eggs then. I mean, it's kind of the same thing, right? I mean, it's not it's like eggs. it lost any of its property. Yeah. It's still an egg. Yeah. 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. That's the text line. C-SPAR text line. Please be safe, though. Don't text and drive. Use your voice text feature. It's kind of funny, actually, when they come in all messed up because the phone didn't pick yeah, up your voice very well. Yeah. Uh, Ole Miss on the road tomorrow at Texas A&M. Uh, it's a road game, and they have struggled in those. Can they figure it out? We will have to see, but we'll talk about that and more with you when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Sports in Mississippi. You'll hear about it here. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. I want a girl with a mind like a Wayne says baseball starts next month. Yeah, it does. It does. Looking forward to that. You spoke to Chris Lamonis today. I did. did you hear anything? I did. Plenty. Yeah. What'd you hear? Talked to him and some players today. Uh, likes his team. A uh, lot of talk about pitching, obviously. Um, you know, with with the addition of Justin Parker to the staff, uh, we got to talk to uh, Nate Dom and uh, and uh, sorry, Colby uh, Holcomb. His name slipped my mind there for a second. And Stone Simmons, who's back. You know, he missed all of last season after yeah. having Tommy John uh, in in twenty twenty two twenty twenty two yeah baseball years always mess mess me up um, and they talked about you know the what they're working on and how different it is from the past couple of seasons and and then the 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 focus more on on your mechanics and, and using your lower body and, and and you know not being as result based and and not not in terms of you know, you still want to throw strikes, right? That's that's the end goal of of of, of the pitching staff. But you know, it's more about how do you, how do you throw strikes? It's not just you know, hey, I'm going to pinpoint the ball here using my my eyes and my arm. It's it's a whole body thing. Uh, so it's interesting stuff. I'm I am I am efforting to have Coach Parker join me on Thunder and Lightning Live uh, this week. So we'll see if we can make that happen. Maybe we can get a little more insight into that though. But. Talking to the hitters, talking we talked to Bryce Chance and to the Dakota Jordan, and uh, they were all of the mindset of, yeah, it was more difficult to hit this this fall than it was the previous two falls. So that sounds that sounds promising yeah. for Mississippi State because I know that the state's got guys Hines, Jordan, Chance, uh, Mershon, Larry. Those, those are guys who've proven they can hit SEC pitching. So feel good about that. Mm-hmm. It's funny. So so both both Ole Miss and Mississippi State this year. Everybody needs to look at it as a we'll see. And I haven't seen much of anybody doing a whole lot of off-season hyping. 
I mean, I'm sure there's like a fan blog out there that's going to talk about Omaha and stuff, and we're not going to do that. It's we'll see. Is Ole Miss going to be good? Uh, we we will we'll have see. to see because there's no way of knowing. Is State going to be good? We'll have to see. But at least you know. What's what's interesting about Lamonis is the last two years have been a disaster. But a guy like him doesn't get to where he is, didn't have the success that he had at Indiana, and doesn't win a national championship if he can't coach. Like it, it is not. There is not only one outcome here this season, which is him getting fired and them looking for a new coach after another disaster. That is not where this is headed exclusively. Like the, the guy can coach baseball. There's certainly an opportunity for this to figure it out. I was talking to a state fan in front of him on the other day, and he was like, "Dude, I'm not even looking forward to baseball because you know what they're going to be like." And I said, "No, I don't, and neither do you." Chris Lamonis is too good to not at least have a wait and see approach to the season, as opposed to I know they're going to stink out loud. Yeah, I mean, because I know there's some talent there, right? Yeah. When we listen, to, if you. If, especially if you were me and you got to hear all, everything Kendall Rogers said the other day. Not everybody else got that that same opportunity, but I got it. And you know, j- you know that you've got two guys in the middle there uh, of the lineup with Jordan and Hines that can mash. Right? They're going to both hit double digit, you know, closer to twenty home runs. Amani, uh, Larry, Mershon, these are guys who are proven SEC hitters. You've got a couple of guys in Connor Hijack and R- Ross Highfield that you feel good about. You know taking a big step this year. Yeah. You bring in the transfer from Memphis, Logan Kohler, and if nothing else, you should be able to shore up that defense a little bit, right? They were so bad on that, that right side of the infield, short and, and third base last year when it was Forsyth and uh, and Alford. I mean, they were both fielded in the the mid-eights. I mean, that's that's unheard of in college baseball. So they, they should be better defensively. If, if they can just be a little bit better, I mean, they have, they gave up seven runs a game. That was their team ERA. Seven earned runs a game. Never mind the unearned runs. Uh, if they can just knock that down to like five and a half, that's probably worth eight, nine wins, probably yeah. something like that, because the offense is going to score some runs. Uh, back to the basketball front, because we're visiting with Bruce when we come back. We got this message. Big things to look for for Old Miss and Texas A&M. The Rebels are 12th in defensive rebounding. I believe that's in the SEC, not in the country. And the Aggies are number one in offensive rebounding. Also, Old Miss has 10-plus turnovers in road SEC games, and the Aggies have forced that many in each of their home games. Not a good look for Old Miss, but we'll see. Yeah, that's... It's so interesting. Now, look, they've they've played Tennessee and Auburn on the road. That also factors into the difference between their home performance and road performance. But they offensively are totally, totally different. They don't protect the basketball on the road. They're they're sloppy. They do a lot of isolation stuff. I mean, that's the key. Can they at least not get out-rebounded? Can they not give up? many second-chance opportunities, and can they protect the basketball? If they can do that, then they can and possibly will win the game. But if they continue to get out-rebounded on the road and and play sloppy and, and almost like they're pressing a little bit, then they're going to get beat again. And it's just going to be win home, lose road, win home, lose road. Can they figure that out? Have they figured out what the issues are? Uh, because they need to start, they need to steal one of these. I mean, if you look at their schedule, they're not going to win every home game. It just never works that way. If they're going to make the tournament, if they're going to get to nine wins, you got to start winning games like this. And 
tomorrow night's a, a big opportunity for them to to take a step forward and show improvement. But if they don't, it's going to be a struggle. I mean, I feel like we, we, we might as well, we need to print shirts. We're talking about the merch store earlier. It's difficult to win on the road. Yeah. I, I, but it, it seems like this year more than ever, it's re, it, it, teams are just struggling. You, Ole Miss on the road versus at home looks like two different teams. It looks like it's not the same five guys out there playing basketball. Um, and, 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 you know, Beard, we, we listened to his press conference yesterday and he, he was asked about that. Like, how do you bottle that up and take it with you? And he's, yeah, he gave that, you know, I wish I knew kind of answer uh, because if he could figure out a way if his team could figure out a way to play the way they play in the pavilion well then you've got something with this Ole Miss basketball team so that being said you mentioned Texas A&M the last time we saw them at home I believe they were they were beating Kentucky last weekend um, so that's a or maybe that's two weekends ago they they are a they don't have any stars that they're not a, they're not a superstar team but they are very much a Buzz Williams team, right? They they, yeah. they they have taken on the mindset and the and the the, the work ethic of their coach. They grind you to death. They play hard. Uh, but if you play, if you can make shots against them, if you can speed them up a little bit, then you got a chance. So that's interesting with Ole Miss because I think Ole Miss likes to play that that defensive style. But maybe they need to try to get up and down the floor a little bit more. Yeah, and and Jalen Murray and Matt Morell need to take fifteen plus shots each. The last road game they played, each of them took only six. You're not going to win, and I'm going to beat that drum forever because your best offensive weapons need to put the ball up at a high volume, and that's those two guys need to create sets, get Morrell going downhill at the basket, get Murray some open looks. He's your best three-point shooter. You can't have 12 combined shots between those two guys and win tomorrow night in College Station. It's just not going to happen. It's simply not going to happen. So we will see. Huge, huge games uh, coming up tomorrow. And then, of course, we have the first iteration of the egg skip ball that never took, nor should it have in hindsight. Egg skip ball. Egg no, skip it's ball. never taking. I loved it, though. Egg skip ball. Yeah, that'll yeah. be Tuesday night. Yeah, I will be in Oxford. Uh, we'll do the show uh, from the Oxford studio and then head over to the pavilion. I, 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 assuming I'm going to make it, right? The last two years... When the game has been played in Oxford, I have been credentialed, ready to go, and I have come down with COVID. So, hopefully this week, not going to be the case. I would prefer not to be sick again. Have I told you the story, by the way, of how I know what the origins of COVID actually is? Have I told you that story? Where it came from? So I know, Do I want to know? I know who Patient Zero is, and it was a gentleman that okay. I encountered on Bourbon Street in 2014. Uh-huh. So we were walking on Bourbon Street, and that was back before they ripped the road up and repaved it. So there was always standing water on Bourbon Street. Always. There were puddles of standing water on Bourbon Street every single time I was there, and this was one of mm-hmm. those times. A guy walks out of Tropical Isle with his wife, and he has, I've an, heard this. he has an empty hand grenade cup. Yeah. He gets down on his knees and dunks the hand grenade cup in one of those puddles to clean it out. He dunks it under, fills it up with the puddle water, stirs it around, dumps it out, his wife opens up her purse, and he sticks the cup in her purse. She puts it back on her shoulder, and they walk happily along Bourbon Street on the way to the next bar. That is COVID patient took, zero. 
took 10 years for it to mutate and everything, but it, it, it obviously happened. I once saw a girl walking barefoot on Canal Street. I was like, why don't you just let me shoot you? Uh. <laughs> uh, why don't you it'd, it'd be quicker. Be quicker than whatever terrible disease you're going to die from. Jeez. I love New Orleans, by the way. But I do seriously. too. Uh, Six year one eight seven nine forty three. Big basketball game happening down there tonight too. We'll break it down. I'm just no, kidding. We won't. We're talking NFL playoffs uh, championship Sunday with Bruce Marshall. We'll get some picks from him when we come back. It's time for more Sports Talk Mississippi. Finally. Finally. On Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. Championship Sunday is upon us. Two NFL games, big ones, massive ones, great storylines, great quarterbacks, narratives being formed, all that good stuff. To talk about it and preview it with us is Bruce Marshall, our friend. Every Friday joins us at this time from Vegas Insider. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Bruce, it's great to see you. Before we do picks and stuff like that, let's just talk about these games uh, as you see them. Do you find yourself rooting for the Lions like most of America appears to be rooting for the Lions? They're America's team right now. No. You don't? <laughs> no, not really. I mean, I, I mean well, I, I, now this is just... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I'll just, I mean, I'll just no. explain. I'll just explain. Because I, you know me. I mean, I'm a football fan from when I was a kid. And I, I was never really a big Lions fan. Uh, so it's just because of that. I mean, I, I mean, if I pick the Lions, I'll, I'll, I'll like them and I'll cheer for them because they're a pick. But I, there are some teams that just me, the little Bruce inside of me, still likes more than others. Um, but the Lions aren't one of those, so it, it, it's not going to bother me if they lose. Really, it really will. So, looking at that game, then Bruce, uh, you know, obviously the, the, the Niners a, a touchdown and a half favorite in, in, in this one. I feel like it could go, it could go either way. It's going to be really close, and the Lions will, will cover that, or the San Francisco is just going to run them off the field. Which way are you leaning on that? Uh, I actually lean the latter, um, and uh, I now that's going to be with, with Debo in there, and we're still not one hundred percent sure he's going to be in there, and I think. The fact he just showed up at practice yesterday, that's when that line sort of jumped a little bit. We did. We saw seven and a halfs out there. I think it had all to do with him. Now, um, the other thing, though, i got to point out, I mean, San Francisco has actually uh, failed to cover six straight games at Levi's. Now, that counts the Tampa Bay game in late November as a, as a uh, loss. For versus the spread, although if you bet that early the week from San Francisco, you might have you might have won it with the Niners, but the line moved. And that last game against the Rams, the regular season that they lost when they had guys sit out. But I mean, those are the raw numbers. They haven't been covering at home. However, I have a feeling this is the week Detroit gets exposed. Uh, they're playing out on the road. Uh, I did not like what I saw from them. The game at Baltimore, 
and the game in Chicago. Uh, two teams that just jumped on them and sort of roughed them up a bit. And Chicago should have beat them in Detroit, too. And it, they didn't have that crowd behind them, and uh, they kind of folded up. Uh, and that that could happen again this week here. It's going to help San Francisco if Debo's there. Uh, so my, I'm making this call thinking Samuel's going to play. He changes the whole dynamic for San Francisco if he's in there. He makes the defensive players defend the width of the field. They can use him as a Swiss army knife out of the backfield. He can run, hand off the ball to him. He can pass short, pass long to him. He changes the whole thing. If he's in there, San Francisco wins. 34-20, to 20, Niners, but that's uh, with Debo. Without him, I'm gonna, I wouldn't be quite as comfortable, comfortable but I think he's going to be in there. Much closer line over there in the AFC with the Chiefs heading to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. You know, the Chiefs last weekend really getting it done against Buffalo. They showed that, you know, playing on the road for the first time for, for Mahomes, that wasn't that big a deal to him. Baltimore's been playing really good. Lamar's probably the MVP. What do you, what do you see with this one? I like Kansas City. And, uh, just a note, I mean, uh, Mahomes, he has a visitor. That was his first playoff game as a visitor. He won two Super Bowls away from Arrowhead, though. So, I mean, he's played, he's won away from home in the playoffs before. And not that I ever thought that was that, that big of a deal. But, um, again, I cite back to the regular season. I do not think Baltimore is unbeatable. Um, I saw Cleveland go in there, legitimately beat uh, the Ravens well into November. Uh, that's when Deshaun was still there. But, I mean, it's. Um, they're not unbeatable there. And I know Lamar uh, Lamar played very well last week. But Houston, I think, just is just the perfect foe for them. They just sort of fell apart. And we thought that we'd seen that happen with Houston before. Um, you know, they just uh, they, they panicked on offense. They went away from the run. And they just were not that level. It's, Kansas City will not panic. Mahomes has been here too many times. Their sixth straight AFC championship game. Um, they've either won those, they lost one another by three, and they lost another one in overtime. So they're very close. This is the best defense that we've seen in the uh, Andy Reid era in Kansas City. And even if they're not as dynamic offensively, they can uh, uh, they can run the ball rather effectively with Pacheco, and they've still got uh, Mahomes. The whole thing comes down to them keeping Lamar in, in, in containment. Uh, that's in Baltimore is that it's absolute most dangerous. Um, and Allen did hurt the Chiefs with his legs some last week, but they hung in there pretty well. Uh, I think Casey wins this thing. 22-19, my score forecast. Might be a Butker field goal that does it. He's certainly capable of doing it. But I'm not uh, – I, I don't think the Ravens are unbeatable. I think I think the Chiefs might get them. Ooh, buckle up. We get two full weeks of Taylor Swift conversation. It'll be great. Uh, real quick, Bruce, we, we've been talking, uh, you do a lot of basketball as well. You, you're great at, at picking college basketball especially. We've been just kind of repeating this refrain of it's really hard to win on the road in college basketball because we see it so often. I mean, Ole Miss looks like a totally different team on the road versus at home. So, so when you're going through these games, just in general in college basketball, how much do you give a, a home team when you're handicapping these college basketball games? Like Ole Miss A&M tomorrow, I don't think the lines come out yet. If it has, it just came out. How much do you give A&M when you're comparing these two teams simply because they're in their own gym as opposed to playing in Oxford? Oh yeah, that's a good point. I mean, and you see that it's really pronounced. I think even more 
in, in some cases this year. And in the SEC, definitely A&M's a different team at home. I mean, they beat Kentucky there a few weeks ago. Um, so, I mean, you know, normally, you know, home court values to some of these teams, four, five, six points. Sometimes it might, it might mean it could even mean more. And you're right, Ole Miss is one of several teams that just looks different in Oxford than it does away from Oxford. They're not the only one. Um, so uh, the, the rare thing is when you find teams that are able to go out on the road and win consistently. And uh, that that's what I think is going to separate you know a lot of these teams by the end of the season. I think we're seeing it in the SEC. I think Tennessee is capable of going out and winning on the road. Auburn probably is, if they didn't the other night at Alabama. But And South Carolina is looking pretty interesting here, too. But the teams like Mississippi State and the Georgias and them, I'm not sure they can do it. Uh, Ole Miss, I think, is a little above them. Uh, LSU might be another. The only thing I can say for sure in the SEC right now, well, two things. One, I'm not sure Vanderbilt's going to win a game, and they could <laughs> approach what Boston College did in the ACC a few years back where they didn't win a football or basketball game in conference play. So think about that, what might be happening with Vandy. But two... Uh, Arkansas is a total uh, stay away right now. That whole thing is is unraveling there. We're hearing some bad uh, rumblings beneath the surface. It could have to do with Mill stuff. Guys not getting what they thought they were going to get. Eric Musselman looks like he's totally lost this team right now. And they, I mean, a lot of Arkansas people think they have quit. And that you you saw it happen the other night with the Rebels. You wouldn't argue with that the way Ole Miss uh, ran that score up the other night. Arkansas is a mess. They play Kentucky tomorrow off a loss, a Kentucky loss in Fayetteville. The number's not going to be that bad. You know who I'm going with? Kentucky. Bruce, you are the absolute best. Uh, hey, did you got one more? Yeah, let's talk about the Mississippi State game because they have not been great at home this year. Three losses in Starkville, uh, two in yep. the conference, and that really bad one to Southern. They're only a two-and-a-half-point underdog tomorrow to a really good Auburn team. Does that surprise you? A little bit. Um, Auburn hit uh, maybe maybe that Alabama result has something to do with that. Um, I like uh, the fact that Broom, uh, you know, could neutralize Tolu Smith, and it's sort of up to the other guys to make something happen here. I I'm still very bullish on Auburn, and I'm not sure that I am on uh, a Mississippi State. Auburn also you know, tougher non-conference slate, so. I'm kind of thinking, I'm still thinking, even Auburn lost the other night, I'm still thinking Auburn, Tennessee, and Kentucky are still the three, uh, the three, uh, uh, three teams to beat here in the, in the SEC and Mississippi State somewhere in the middle of the pack. It's a good league, uh, but at the bottom, you got it, Vandy and Arkansas at the bottom and then some competitive teams, Missouri's not, is a little bit above them and those three at the top and then these others in the middle. But I think those three teams at the top are really special. Bruce, thank you so much for your time. We'll uh, we'll get ready for a Super Bowl. How fast did this season go by, by the way? My goodness, it felt like yesterday we were talking about week one in college football, and now we've got three more football games left. The older I get, each year seems to go by faster. So it's football's the same. <laughs> each football season goes I felt that, Bruce. <laughs> oh, man. Thanks a lot, Bruce. We'll talk to you next okay. week. Yep. Thanks, Bruce. Bruce, joined us in the Farm Bureau Guest Line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Vegas Insider, by the way, if uh, if you want all of his basketball picks and, and things like that, that's where you get them. Bruce has been a, a loyal uh, guest on this show on a weekly basis during football season for longer than I've been a part of the show, which is n- almost nine years. So... 
He's uh, he's the best. We'll talk some of these football games when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi. Text us 601-879-4395. We will be right back. Mississippi. It's go time. Sports Talk Mississippi. Well, say something. Super Talk Mississippi. We got this text. And he said, this is something my friend sent me. I guess it's from Twitter. It's from some news station, quote, predicting, end quote, the teams. And there's also been recently some color coordination with the teams playing in the Super Bowl logo. Talk about following the script. Now, I know he's joking because he called it funny, but there are people that actually believe that the Super Bowl logo that gets released at the start of the season has matched up, color-coordinated with the two teams that ended up in the Super Bowl. Last couple years, you had Philly and Kansas City. And on this graphic that was made, you've got the Eagles logo with a line drawing to a green part of the (laughs) Super Bowl logo that doesn't match the Eagles green at all. But people still believe it. Kansas City on the other side drawing a line to uh, a shade of red that is kind of close. And then the year before, you've got the Bengals and the Rams, and the logo was an orange-red that kind of dripped, faded into yellow. Here's the thing. The Bengals aren't the only orange-slash-red-wearing team in the AFC, and the Rams aren't the only team in the NFC that have gold on their uniforms. So that conspiracy dies a quick death. And again, I know the texture was just poking fun at it, but there are people that actually believe that the league is making the Super Bowl logo to match the teams that play in it by looking at logos that don't match in color or that are red. Yeah. Well, you know. People believe anything. They, they, they just want to believe things, so they just believe them. That's how that's how life goes in this this world we live in these days. Dwayne says Gallo went over that the this morning. Apparently, I would love to hear that conversation. He, he probably went the other way on it, though. He probably was like, "This is obviously proof." So. Jeff's giving us a hard time. You guys deserve credit. Y'all smoked those fishy lines yesterday. We're going to keep getting crap for that, aren't we? It was not our best week yeah. in calling the fishy lines, okay? It, it wasn't our best. we got to get up off the mat and, 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 and fight again next week. What, what, what do you I, want us to do? If I could pick these lines, I would not be here. Be on a beach. When, wherever I would be, it's not cloudy and 58 outside. I promise you that. Bruce vacationed in Stockholm recently, and he answered the phone from Stockholm to give us picks. That's what we would be doing. Which means if he if if he we called him at four thirty seven, it was ten thirty seven where where he was, or maybe even eleven. He was out there skiing in the Alps or whatever. Out there in Stad. Yeah. Meanwhile, I vacation nowhere. I I don't vacation. I didn't take a vacation last year. I didn't go on one last year. I got, I got one planned this year, but good. Where are you going? Not, not next year. Uh, in March, I'm going to Denver. 
Heck yeah, for the what? The Sunshine State. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. <laughs> uh, so we told our daughter, our oldest daughter, who's a senior this year, graduates in May, which, by the way, holy crap. Uh, I was like, hey, pick a place. You can pick, and we'll go. And she wanted to go to Denver, Colorado. I don't know why. That's what she picked, so that's where we're headed. I mean, I've heard that there is a lot of really awesome stuff to do in Denver, so. Well, I'm looking forward to finding out. Also, you can openly smoke your favorite marijuana while walking down the street, hey, Dad. Marijuana. Uh, I don't have a favorite marijuana. I don't <laughs> smoke marijuana. I, I'm not I'm not, a mar- not nothing against people who do, but I'm that's, that's, can you imagine me with the munchies? What a terrible idea that would be. Just go, I just go to Waffle House. But like, the guy just keeps ordering. It's his third order. She's not a sports Shut fan. Shut it down. She? Who? Your daughter. My old, neither one of my kids are really sports fans, no. I was about to say, you should no. go to an Avs I'd love game. To, I was at the Avalanche. If they're at home, it'd be, you know, it might be tempting Try to try to get out there. Just slip away for a I couple hours. Nuggets. Yeah. The Nuggets aren't hosting the Lakers. I'd already checked that, so... Yeah, man. Hockey, still the, the best, the absolute best yeah. sport to watch in person. So, uh, we will, we're actually going to talk about these, uh, these games. We'll do that for the college football fix. Also, there's some, uh, news pertaining to Ole Miss losing an internal staff member. Uh, has been long rumored and discussed, uh, became uh, official today. We'll tell you all about that. Uh, after uh, an upcoming short timeout. We would love for you to be a part of the conversation, though. 601-879-4395. Uh, Jeff says, sorry, I honestly thought you all got them all right. All right, Jeff, now we know you're trolling us. Now now we know you're trolling us. We didn't do well with the PTG Outdoors fishy lines of the week this week. I'm going fishing tomorrow morning, by the way. Uh, shout out to oh, yeah? PTG Brandon and then the good folks over there. Uh, I'm... Fishy line of the week didn't go well, so I'm going to go try to catch some fish on my line. Get, that you was get, terrible. We're going to get our revenge on the fish. Yeah. You're going you're to get revenge on them, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go catch uh, some... Make some... me look like an idiot. <laughs> but, uh, yes, we'll, we'll give you that news. We'll, we'll talk about this Ole Miss news and then also the NFL playoff games. Even though it's the college football fix, I think our friends at uh, Mississippi Ford Dealers will forgive us for talking NFL during the college football fix. It is Championship Sunday, after all. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Sports Talk Mississippi. Here we we go, go. Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you at Sports Talk Mississippi on a Friday. So let's start with the news that I teased. I hate teasing things and never getting to them. So we'll start with this. Old Miss uh, had some internal uh, staff personnel news in football. I, I believe Neil McCready was first on the reporting a few days ago, but it became official today. First off, this is the college football fix. Uh, well, I'm doing something different for the college football fix. Do something different. Do something different. Okay. It's, I don't like change. It's not college football, but it, or do something different. 
But this is college football. Yeah, right. I know. I'm having fun with this. Okay, let, let me let me have okay. fun with this. Uh, Austin you don't ever Thomas. Have fun, so go ahead. I, I know. I, I really don't, man. I I just need to loosen up a little bit in life. 2024 is the I year know. of the Borky. Okay. Um, that was. I proclaim it the year of the Bork. Please forgive me for saying that out loud. I, that was so lame. I just, you know, take risks sometimes, and that was a failure. Austin Thomas is heading back to LSU. He was, uh, I mean, whatever his title was doesn't matter. He was the GM uh, for, for Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. And think of it quite similarly to that of a, a general manager in the NFL. That is a relatively new position in college football. Uh, it's not new in the NIL era, although it's far more important now in this era. It's kind of been around for a little bit longer. Uh, but uh, the, the kind of the chief of staff, the right-hand man, the general manager, whatever you want to call it, uh, for Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss is headed back to LSU for the third time in uh, in his career. He's kind of been a, a bit of a, a a program hopper. He's kind of bounced around the college football world for a while, but uh, apparently has an affinity for LSU, having worked there twice before. And uh, Scott Woodward apparently is somebody that uh, he's got a close relationship with. And uh, LSU, uh, d- despite being the big brand that it is, uh, has needed some help in the NIL organization collective portal world, and uh, they have looked to Ole Miss as a place that they want to replicate. What a world. What a, what a statement that is, by the way. LSU wants to be more like Ole Miss, but it's true. Uh, they've seen the success and the structure, and they want in on that, so they called a former employee back, and uh, and they got him. It's a significant loss for Ole Miss. He's really good, highly thought of. Uh, at uh, at his job, and, and they've been working to replace him for a little while now. But uh, Ole Miss is in the GM hunt. We'll see uh, who that becomes in this new world of college football. I'm fascinated by the the the, the guy who the guys who hold these positions, these these general manager positions, director of player personnel positions in college football. Because you know, in the pros, it's about contracts and can we get this guy to, to to sign with us and do we have the money and the salary cap that's what those those guys kind of do and you know those things don't really exist here in college well yes there is money being involved but that's not that's coming from outside the football program so i would love to have a sit down with one of these guys maybe get one of them on the show and just be like wait what is it what is it you say you do here it is kind of that, though. Like that. I mean, it, you know, you're not supposed to talk about it because the schools aren't supposed to be involved in NIL, but th- these guys at, at every school are involved in the resource allocation and contracts and stuff like that now. I mean, they. they so basically, it's like we can spend this X on this player. Is this player worth X? Yes. Kind of thing. But basically. The, okay, the, 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 makes, makes sense. Yeah. And that's why the Florida debacle was so eye-opening for Florida is when you had the collective offering money to a quarterback and the coaching staff was like, you did what? Yeah, I'm sorry, what did you do? That doesn't happen at a more organized and structured uh, program. That's Again, that's why Florida's been the, the butt of jokes in the NIL era and programs like a Louisville, for example, uh, have been able to thrive. It's It's organization just as much as it is... Uh, funding, getting everybody on the same page, stuff like that. So a very interesting new thing uh, has been created in the sport, but it is not abnormal because every professional sport anyway has general managers that do this very thing. And um, 
And, and now that this is a semi-professional sport, you need general managers to do that very thing. Welcome to college football in 2024, everybody. Speaking of college football, it's time for the college football fix. Doing it backwards today, that's okay. Driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Richard's making the trek from Oxford to Starkville tomorrow to call basketball. He'll be doing that in his F-150. Test drive one today. It's been the best-selling truck in America for almost five decades. At your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Kickoff's tomorrow at 2 o'clock, so you've got time. Or, excuse me, Sunday. Kickoff is at 2 o'clock. So you've got time. You've got time to go test drive an F-150 this weekend. Do so at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. So, Brian Haydad, had big football games on Sunday. We, yeah. we talked basketball earlier in the show. How invested will you be with your time in these two games on Sunday? It's one of those things where I'll watch both games. I'll probably watch every play of the game. But, and we're about to do Food Friday, I will be cooking something. And at the same time, like, I'm not locked in, right? I'm watching, I'm not watching passively, but I'm also not locked into every play. Got to pay attention to what's going on here 100% of the time. That makes sense. It does. So I'll be locked in. I'll watch every snap of, uh, of these two games. Who, it's two different questions. Who do you want to win and who do you think will win? Oh, gosh. I really don't care in the NFC. I, I really don't. Um, uh, if I said, I, I, but I don't like the 49ers historically. Uh, they were, they've always been a thorn in the Saints' side, going back to the days when the Saints were in the NFC West. So we'll, we'll go with the Lions to want to win, but I do think the 49ers will win. Um, and then on the other side of that, the Chiefs have always been a team in the AFC that I, I have cheered for. Uh, if you ask me who my favorite AFC team is, it's the Chiefs. Uh, going back to the, the days of Christian Okoye, I used to love to watch him run the football. Um, and I, I like uh, I like Mahomes all right. My daughter is a huge, my youngest daughter, huge Taylor Swift fan. So she's definitely pulling for the Chiefs. And, of course, the, the Chiefs have Chris Jones and Willie Gay, two yeah. former Bulldogs as well. Chris Jones, you know, uh, the 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 CEO of Sac Nation. So I, I, not only do I boy, is that Chiefs, is I think that the win. school that he goes that he introduces himself as? Is that what he no, says? No, no. He he says he. I think he normally says Mississippi State. Okay. Uh, or if he doesn't, he says Houston High School. But uh, yeah, I, I think the Chiefs will win. I think that you know I I, I, I don't I don't hate I hate that the Lamar narrative continues to get perpetuated. He's an elite quarterback. He's a really good quarterback. Thirty out of thirty two teams would take him, but. I just don't think he gets it done here. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I want I, I want the Lions to win, and I, I think I want the Ravens to win. I've got a, I've got Chiefs fatigue. The Taylor Swift stuff really doesn't bother me. You know, you like to just say doesn't things, but all. it doesn't really bother. Me. I don't really care. I mean, there honestly, I know that you know she's not everybody's favorite, but there are worse acting celebrities out there that we could be fawning over than Taylor Swift. I mean, what what's her controversy? Like if he was dating. If he was dating Kim Kardashian, how miserable would this be? Right, exactly. I mean, it's you know, what, what is Taylor? Yeah. What, what's her but, yeah, controversy? The thing there is, isn't one. She's fine, when, whatever. But I'm sick of the cheese. When you're something like, when you're someone like me, who again I'm watching kind of passively, I'll just look up and I'll, oh, there she is. I, I, I'm not locked into. I'm just like, 
you know, they're yeah. showing a fan at the game. Who, who, you know, being a, maybe part of that for me, Michael is being a Lakers fan. You know, they always have that that whip around the, the arena where they're like, "Here are the celebrities that are here tonight." So I'm just kind of, you know, it, it, I get it. Yeah. This is one of the biggest stars in the world. She's at a Chiefs Ravens game. That is something that you know you're going to point out. I do want her to be sad on Sunday, though. I I, I found myself liking uh, L- Lamar Jackson. I like watching him play, but I mean, remember, I, I like watching guys overcome narratives. And that's weird to say because, you know, we work in media and we are narrative creators. It's kind of what we do uh, in effect. Yeah. But uh, Lamar was, I mean, not a good enough passer. He should play wide receiver. A lot of teams worked him out at, at wide receiver. Yeah. Sean Payton told everybody that he was going to draft Lamar if the Ravens weren't one spot ahead of him. I still don't buy that, by the way. I feel like that, that's just saying They were also going to draft look. Mahomes. Right. But, you know. Um, but but I, I, I find myself liking him. Uh, seeing a guy that was told that, you know, you're a wide receiver. You're not good enough to be a quarterback in the NFL. He fell in the draft uh, to be league MVP and, and win a playoff game in a Super Bowl. I think it's a, a cool story. especially Two-time when, MVP. Yeah. Especially when the Chiefs have been there, done that. You know, if i got to pick one, it's that one. And then the Lions, for every reason I talk about too much. Dan Cam- I love Dan Campbell. I love their story. I think... A, a fan base that is stuck with a franchise that has been so awful for so long in a city that has been in such bad shape for so long, and both are turning themselves around. I, you love to see it. At least I think that this is why I love sports so much, and I want the Lions to win. Debo Samuel, though, we got a question on the text line. Uh, he practiced today. Um Full go in practice. So, sounds like he's yeah. going to play on Sunday. Going to be a tall task. Doubt the Lions at your own peril, though. That would be a mistake. So, anyway, that's your college football fix. Driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Coming up next, though, send them in. What are you cooking this weekend? 601-879-4395, a food Friday when we come back. number one for sports talk. Anyone? 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 Come on, don't be shy. Sports talk, Mississippi. Bingo, man, bingo. Super talk, Mississippi. This is why I love you guys. I mean, I, I love you guys for a lot of reasons. You, you listen to our show, you patronize our advertisers, and for both of those things, we appreciate you. But I love how intentional you are when you listen. Because we got this text. The first text I saw for Food Friday was, I'm going to Debbie's. <laughs> because <laughs> They know. They know, because Debbie in Ocean Springs, and yes, uh, of course, she delivered once again, is always first on Food Friday, and it's always good. She, she nails it every single time. It is time, by the way, for Food Friday. Some of the most fun we've had on this show is talking about not sports, if you can believe it. It has been talking about food, our favorite ways uh, to cook out, maybe maybe uh, hanging out behind the smoker. Uh, hey Dad loves the, the vortex to cook those wings on. Uh, something that I still need to try, by the way. Uh, I, I haven't had anything you, you've cooked ever. I, I just that, that is a a, uh-huh. sh- a shortcoming in my life, as it turns out. But 
Um, we love talking about food, and we love talking about food made by people from Mississippi, and Polks are those people. Cajun, garlic and green onion, original, all their offerings. Polksmeat.com is the website. Uh, you, you can see where everything happens right off of 49 when you're driving between Jackson and Hattiesburg, uh, right there in McGee, Mississippi. Picky people pick Polks, everybody. If you are cooking this weekend and you want specifically sausage, I recommend their Cajun sausage, especially now that we're in crawfish season, despite the news yesterday, uh, I, I would recommend their Cajun. But um, if you go to the meat department and they don't have it, ask for it. They will get it because you're a picky person. And again, picky people pick Polks. Food Friday Presented by our friends at Polk's. Brian, hey, Dad. What are you cooking this weekend? Uh, I got a pork butt for the weekend. I'm going to do a big, do some pulled pork uh, at the Hey Dad house. Got the the buns. We're going to do some sandwiches. I asked my wife, I was like, do you uh, want what's sandwiches your or do you want tacos? I do that snake method. I, I remember I sent you a video of that uh, a few years back. Or a few years back, a few months back, uh, where I, I use my kettle and I just basically snake the charcoal around the rim. I use my vortex to sort of set up the circle there. And then you put the charcoal around the rim, and you just leave a gap. So you light one side, and it just burns all the way over. And you can get, in, in a, in a regular-sized Weber kettle, if you set it up correctly, you'll get about nine, nine, eight, nine hours worth of smoke. Out of that, and this is about a seven-pound pork butt, so that should be plenty of of of, of smoke. I should have extra oh, yeah. time, so I'll start. I'll start at around six six thirty Sunday morning. I'll get up early and get to work on that, and uh, hopefully be done by. Should be done by dinner. Give me some enough time to pull it off and let it rest for a little while. And you said tacos or sandwiches? Uh, we're doing sandwiches. I think I'm just going to do it Texas style. I think I'm just going to do salt and pepper and see see where that takes me. I mean, it, you can't go wrong with that. Nah. Do you I mean, inject that's how they do it over there? So. No. Don't inject. Don't wrap. No wrap. Yeah, the bark is too good let to wrap. It, it, I mean, I know. I just let it sit there and cook. Butcher's paper, I guess, helps preserve the bark, but not as well as not wrapping at all does. Just don't wrap it. Yeah, it's, it, it's enough. There's enough on there. As long as you're not cooking at 400 degrees, you should be fine. I'll be between 275 and 3. You're not human if you don't find after you shred it. Just a piece of the bark with no, with really nothing else on it, and, and eat yeah. that on its own. You haven't lived until you do that. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't. I I do it all the time. <laughs> yeah. As soon as that thing comes off, if there's a chunk, that's that's going. That's that's the chef's cook. That's the chef's little treat. I'm doing. I, I have not had, and I know I talk about smash burgers a lot, but I have not had just a gigantic cheeseburger in forever. And I'm going to make one for myself tomorrow. I mean, Little Man doesn't re- yeah. really like them anyway. And so, like, I won't make him what? jealous. He doesn't like cheeseburgers. He doesn't like mashed potatoes. Like, what? This kid. I, he's a four-year-old. Doesn't like mashed potatoes. Uh, help me out. I, I don't mm. understand. But if it's spicy, he loves spicy stuff. He'll, if, mm-hmm. if there's, like, I have the Slap Your Mama, like the, the hottest one they have. He wants me to yeah. put that on his rice. It's like, you'll eat that, but not mashed potatoes? What is wrong with you? But anyway. Maybe if you put that in the mashed potatoes. I've tried. Doesn't want it. No. He's he's just a, he's a nut. That's but weird. I'm going to just, ground beef has been hard to come by lately just because of the winter weather and stuff. I hope 
that uh, everything is back up, but I'm going to get like two pounds, man. I'm talking, I'm going to make a gigantic cheeseburger, like a like a big, big cheeseburger. And I'm going to have to get not regular buns. I'm going to have to get a different kind of bread to fit the size cheeseburger. I'm going to try to make for myself. I'm going to eat it, and I'm going to take a great golf dad nap. before. And I'm going to do it before the Mississippi State game. I'm talking like early afternoon, like not going to eat a breakfast, like yeah. make the burger at like 11 Eat the entire thing, regret it, fall asleep, wake up, watch Mississippi State basketball, and then watch Ole Miss basketball after that. That's my Saturday. Yeah, that's a good. That sounds like a good little Saturday. You might go. Uh, you might go to bed, Bath and Beyond. I don't know. I don't know if you'll have time. Uh, send us what you're two cooking. old school references in in two segments. We do, we're doing good. You did a good one earlier. You did what? What was it? Um, Dumb and Dumber. I, did, I was talking about Denver. No, I did Denver. You did Denver. Oh, that's that's, right. that's old school. Yeah. Did you? you did yeah. You're Dumb thinking and Dumber. In, in Dumb and Dumber is Aspen, where the beer flows like wine. Uh, no, Austria is what I was thinking. Austria. Oh yeah. Down oh, under. Yeah, put another shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> yeah. No, I can't do Australian for whatever. It always comes out as British. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. to the text line, 601-879-4395. We will start with Debbie because we always do. She got her cast off yesterday, graduated to a brace. Congrats, Debbie. Glad you're feeling better. Sent us a picture of some red snapper in the air fryer seasoned with white lightning. That looks phenomenal. I white lightning is a good seasoning. red snapper. That's a good seasoning, too, that white lightning with the double garlic butter. Very mm. good. No Very good. doubt. What else we have here? Tri-tip seasoned with Ben's heifer dust. Take your word for it. Smoke it on a pellet grill until it hits 120, then sear it right over the coals on charcoal till 135-ish. Have you done that before? Perfect. Yes. Well, no, no, I've just done it all in the kettle. But, yeah, that's how I cook tri-tip. I cook them indirect till they get about 120, roll them over to the direct side, let them get a little crust, pull it off. Perfect. I'm talking about on the coals. Have you ever finished a steak off on the coals? I've seen people yeah. do that online. I've never done that. Oh, oh, oh directly on, on the coals. Them. Don't they call that cowboy steak? Uh, it's, or caveman Yeah, style. I have never done that. I've never done that. It's it, They call it ca- caveman, I think, yeah. So helps if you have a – I don't have a leaf blower. That helps a lot. It gets all the ash out of there. And then you just put the, the – when you got a clean fire there, you just put the, the, the steak down in there. Somebody goes counter to you, says, you should always wrap your butt. Nah, dog. Never wrap. I'm going to cut that. You should always wrap your butt, and I'm going to cut you saying Ole Miss is a wonderful place. And we'll have some good no-context STM over the weekend. Very good. Just like you have Richard ringing the cowbell. Yeah, I do have that. We haven't seen that in a while, though. Where's that been? I I, I always forget. Like, State will get a commitment when I'm not at this computer. This computer here is where I have that. Oh, I see. So I need to, I need to, I need to send it to myself and just I have it on my other computer that way. Kenny, I agree with you. He said, y'all really need to do a book with recipes or get a Facebook group for all of us to share them. I, I've, I've honestly, and I'm not, I'm not kidding, I've, I've really sat down and brainstormed how we can turn Food Friday into something else, whether it be like a tab on our website at supertalk.fm uh, a cookbook would just would take an insane amount of effort if you think about it. Because look, this is what we do full time. Hey, Dad uh, does the podcast, and I know you're probably thinking, "Oh, that doesn't take much time." It does. I mean, it it, it truly does. We, we 
we do have full days of work. I'm not saying you should feel bad for us or anything, but like just our our time is consumed all day with with what we do for a living yeah. and we love it, but adding trying to design and publish a book on top of that if, would if be If we did one, it would be like the old school like the Bell's Best where it's, there's no pictures or anything, it's just recipes. Yeah. It's like there's no there's no written, you know, hey, this recipe means this to me blah blah blah. It's just the recipes. Like my, our buddy Robert St. John just put out a cookbook that I that he was kind enough to send me a copy of of his breakfast cookbook, and uh, he 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 did some he talked about the the the, the, the how it, difficult it is to make a cookbook yeah. with the pictures and the recipe. Te- That's the other thing. Is like you're supposed to test your recipes. Now I, I'm sure some of those old school cookbooks they were just like just send them in and we'll put it out there. But you know if you're if you're a chef and you put out a cookbook, you better test your recipes. All right, yeah. they better taste good. You know, me, I can just tell you, what did I just say? Hey, I'm going to do a pork butt tomorrow. I'm just going to put salt and pepper on it. Okay, I can't really screw that up. Yeah. But if I want to do something more complicated than that, I better test it to be sure it's right. I've thought about having a group where, or like setting up an email address where all of you send in like a recipe and, and we'll, you know, cook one in a weekend and kind of like review it or whatever. I, I've thought about this a lot. Oh. Some Something has to be done here. Uh, but uh, not quite sure what that uh, that will look like yet. Anyway, a bunch of your texts have come in. We'll get to more of these when we come back. It's Food Friday presented by Polk's. Glad you guys are with us at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Hey, by the way, if you are wanting to put a little money down on uh, the basketball games tomorrow or Championship Sunday, the sports book at Timeout Lounge is a great place to hang out, watch games, eat really good food, have really good drinks, and hey, Maybe uh, put one down, fade Taylor Swift, and see what happens. Food Friday when we come back. It's time to get real. Real sports talk for Mississippi. It's time for you to get real with it. Sports talk Mississippi continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Porky and Haydad with you on a Friday at Sports Talk Mississippi. Glad you are here. We'll get back to the text line, though. We got a good bit of these, and clearly you guys love talking about food, and we like talking about food, so let's continue to do that. Thanks to our friends at Polk's. We get one pot roast, po'boys with peppers and onion, with home fries, a little gravy on the side, and the champagne of beers. Beautiful. You can't, you can't beat it. That's America uh, right there. Uh, we got a screenshot, by the way, of Deion Sanders in Colorado facing 11 NCAA violations after their first season. It's all minor. Nothing's going to happen. Um, does show it's carelessness, so but it's nothing's going to happen. Every school has minor NCAA violations every year. Michael Casagrande made a living reporting the Alabama level three violations every year. He got a big kick out of it. Have you ever done anything like this before, Hey Dad? He says, great burger alternative. And no, he's not talking about impossible meat. He's not talking about that. He said, buy the cheap vacuum-sealed beef tenderloin. He put that in quotes. And tenderize it with a meat tenderizer or just a beer bottle. Season it and cook it just like a burger, but not over medium. Medium rare is my go-to, but it's still tasty at medium. I have not. I mean, if I wanted a burger, I'd just just buy a burger. I wouldn't want to make. I wouldn't want to cook a tenderloin, even if the cheap one, as a hamburger. I don't think at that point it's more of a steak sandwich than a than a burger, yeah. in my opinion. 
Darren's doing uh, smash burgers with uh, uh, Tony's seasoning and homemade fries. That a boy. I've never homemade fries before. I mean, aside from buying them frozen at the grocery store and then putting right. them in the oven you and never pretending cut like potatoes. I'm cooking. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a big French fry guy, but I've, I've thought about doing that, though. But it, that feels like a, it's such a process, right? Yeah. It's, it, it's just easier to buy a frozen bag of French fries. I tried doing a homemade Bloomin' Onion once in college, and that was a disaster. Ugh, that feels like you need the machine. You gotta have it was the, a horrible idea. Pull it down. Yeah. I just ended I up eating the onion one. like an apple almost, just like because I didn't cut it right, no, it didn't go. open right, and it oh. was just, yeah. Ugh. Russ is doing homemade tomato yeah. soup since it's a picture. It looks phenomenal. Got cornbread in there, though, hey, Dad. I had some cornbread today. You did. And you get a big thing. Of, well, when you get chicken and dumplings, and you can dip the cornbread in the in the gravy, and you know, just a vessel at that point. Hey, Dad. Brad wants to know what the Mrs. Favorite thing that you grill is. What is she? If she, if she's deciding, what does she ask for? Chicken. Yeah. Probably probably chicken. She likes pulled pork, though. It's like steak. I mean, you know. She, she just can't do pick. the fish. No, there's no fish, no. no. Much much to my chagrin, but yeah. Bubba Honestly. agrees with you, by the way, on how uh, you, you cook the butt. Heavy salt and pepper must be fine ground black pepper and do not wrap. Don't wrap. Get that bark. Ricky's got Cajun sausage from Polk's on the grill tomorrow while watching an Ocean Springs Mardi Gras day parade. Yeah, Mardi Gras here, hey Dad. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, you know, Ash Wednesday is Valentine's Day this year. So oh, wow! Get the ashes in the shape of a heart. Go to church. <laughs> did you see the video last night? So LSU South Carolina women's basketball had a huge game. Did, did oh, the, big TV oh, numbers the massacring that that king cake. The the studio that they they did like a little studio setup courtside at the game, and they gave them a king cake. It's very common for these pregame shows to eat local flavor whatever before the show. They got a king cake, and these seemingly very well put together intelligent people grabbed forks and just started stabbing and stabbing and stabbing this king cake, trying to be the first one to get the baby. They wrecked this thing. They, they, were, they were digging at it like an excavator, just destroying this cake with forks, trying to find the baby. And one of them kept saying, where's the baby? Where's the baby? Where's the baby? And they destroyed a king cake on live television. Nobody wants the baby, by the way. That's who has to buy the next king cake. You want to avoid the baby. No, they said it was good luck for a year, so they all... Nah. And also, when you dig for it like that, whatever good thing you think is coming out of it is wrong because it's not the luck of the draw. It's Anyway, it was horrible. I, I mean, I almost shed a tear seeing the video on Twitter this morning. What are you guys doing? Beautiful king cake. Some nice person brought that to you to appreciate the local flavor, and you destroyed it. Right there in front of everybody. Yeah. Rough. Just rough. Just just absolutely terrible. Mm. 
Those tenderloins are cheaper, cheaper than ground meat, apparently, and not as good as steak. But after tenderizing and grilling, it's better than your average burger. Your loss, hey, Dad, he says. It's a steak sandwich, though. I'm not calling that a burger. Gr- ground meat is a burger. You just tenderize a filet, it's a steak sandwich. <laughs> Somebody says, making red potato ranch onion fries. Very underrated. So it must be like onion petals, you know, you just slice it and get the thing, then maybe batter them up. That's not that difficult. Trying to get the whole thing to hold together, as you learned, is is difficult. Debbie says, Elks Lodge Day Parade is tomorrow in Ocean Springs. I need to get down there uh, and go to one. Mississippi's got a ton of those. Ocean Springs is an awesome, awesome town. It really is. It's like a college town with no college. The the best of both worlds, right? You get everything you want. You, you but got all, none the, of you the, all the bars and restaurants in that, that that great area where you just walk around, hit up the different bars, hit up the different restaurants. They had a brewery down there, but I think it it closed. I I, I loved it though when I when I go down there, and uh, yeah, but yeah, but at the same time, you know, there's no homework. Yeah, drink local beer, local coffee yeah. as well. Six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text on six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. Thank you guys so much uh, for being a part of Food Friday. We had fun. I hope you did as well. So hey, that uh, I had somebody last night ask me. I mean, they straight up said, "Hey, look, you guys are talking a lot about Ole Miss football on the show. Why isn't there any Mississippi State stuff?" And my response was, "Because there, there's not a whole lot happening right now." Around the state football program, am I was I wrong in, in that response? It just kind of feels like the news stuff yeah. is coming out of Oxford, and and, and it's okay. It's not yeah. a bad thing that you're not super newsy right now, but there's just not a whole lot of news coming out of Starkville at the moment. Yeah, I mean, state announced their early enrollee class uh, yesterday. Thirty-one early enrollees. It's huge. I mean, that is a ton. I've never seen that many between high school and uh, and portal guys. Um, I guess the big news in there is Stonka Burnside was one of them. There was some, you know, he, he had to work hard evidently to get that to that spot, but he he is an early enrollee. So he and JJ Harrell and Mario Craver, all three of them in Starkville, that's a great start for them. They're, they're, they're going to contribute year one, I would imagine. Um, beyond that, and it's something I talked about a little bit on, on the podcast and on the live show, is, is that states kind of just switched its focus to 2025 recruiting. They, they're full, they only have one spot left to. To give in the eighty-five, right? To, to go going into spring. Now, I believe they'll process some guys in the spring and and try to get some more in. But right now, there there's no spots to bring guys in. So they've they've been bringing in a lot of uh, the top twenty twenty-five guys over the past few weeks. Caleb Cunningham was on campus a few weeks ago. Kamario Taylor, their quarterback commitment uh, this weekend. I know that uh, Tyler Miller from Laurel is on campus. Uh, I think Kevin Otis is on campus this weekend, the defensive tackle from Hattiesburg. Andrew Maddox, who is A.J. Maddox's brother from Oak Grove, I think Ole Miss will probably end up signing the the, the younger Maddox, but he's a four-star defensive lineman. He's visiting Mississippi State this weekend. So they're bringing in a lot of, of all top 25 juniors. All 25 guys. Yeah, They've been doing basically – Big junior days over the past few weeks. So that's that's where state is right now. I mean, the, the next big, 
MSU news will get is when they announce spring practice, which if we, as we talked about the other day, if we, we do the math based off of Super Bowl Dog weekend versus what Jeff Levy said in his opening video, we, we should know it's, it's going to be starting around March 8th, 9th, 10th, something like that. I'm so excited for spring practice. That's weird, but I'm, I'm so looking forward to, uh, just anything football related. Uh, th- this offseason is going to be so much fun. Uh, I mean, hype. You've got hype in one place, and you've got new in another place, and that combination is going to lead to a lot of very uh, intrigued and optimistic listeners of this here radio program over the next few months, uh, no doubt. So uh, there you go. 601-879-4395 is the text line. There was a quote that a listener just sent to us that I think we need to talk about when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi we're just going to skip the Royal Rumble, I guess. I thought that was going to be the last You've segment. You've got 30 oh, well. seconds. CM Punk wins. Is one of the That's Paul brothers fighting in this one? Uh, yeah, he's defending the United States Championship. Yes. Yeah, I saw that he and whoever his opponent is had a beef during uh, a training session, and everybody who who's so smart were like, Ooh, that's totally staged. It's like... The, the wrestlers having no beef is, is staged. Wow, guys, you're the world's greatest detective. Who, who must be some kind of sorcerer. A quote involving Will Rogers we'll tell you about when we come back. More Sports Talk Mississippi now. now. Orky and Haydad with you. So this quote comes from friend of the program, Rick Cleveland, wrote this earlier today, I believe, is when this story came out. Today's the 26th, right? Yep, earlier today, Rick Cleveland writing about Will Rogers. Headline is, Will Rogers looks to turn adversity into a happy ending at Washington. The money quote, though, that the listener asked about in the story, it's a really good story. I encourage you to read it. Rick Cleveland is has been quite good here for a long time. Wyatt Rogers, the story reads, Will's father and a Brandon High School football coach says Zach Arnett, Leach's successor, promised his son the plan was to keep Leach's air raid offense. Here's a quote. Arnett flat out lied to us, sitting in our den, Wyatt Rogers said. He said they would be crazy to change offenses after all the success we had had. Nobody has ever promised a life without scars, but that was tough. He, I mean, he definitely lied. He, he said that that offense was successful. What what just happened there? Um, I mean, it, is it a bad look? Yeah. You know, I, I think Arnett probably went into his search for an offensive coordinator, wanted to go air raid, and ended up going away from it. Um, if you're Will Rogers at that point, could have transferred out, decided to tough it out. I seem to recall a lot of conversations with Rogers and Barbe. Last year, where they both talked about how much Will liked the offense and how much, how easily he had taken to it, and was was you know f- making the play calls in the huddle the way Barbe wanted. So, not really sure what what happened there. But I mean, obviously the the results bear themselves out. They weren't successful. Um, it's kind of an odd timing in an article, though. Like if it, the the title makes you think it's going to be like a uh, a feel good story, and it, turn, it turns into kind of like a hit piece almost. So. Sort of an odd thing, uh, but 
you know, it, it will it will only add to the complicated legacy of Will Rogers at Mississippi State. Yeah, uh, because you, you I mean, and, and we talked about it with him. You know, taking snaps under center—that's not what happens in the air raid. And he, he talked about, you know, it's not that hard to do. I mean, we worked on it. We're okay. I mean, there was. I mean, call me crazy, but I don't remember ever discussing at any point they're going to continue running the air raid. I never actually remember us having that conversation. It was always, well, I, it's going to be different. The, the first, Yeah, the first name that was connected to MSU's offensive coordinator search was Kendall Bryles, who doesn't run air raid. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, and this is one of those things where we're going to get one side of the story. Like, Arnett's not going to talk to anybody. He's, he's a private citizen now. He doesn't have to answer questions. He's not going to call a press conference. So, as always, there's two sides to the story. I, I would be interested to hear the other side, but I doubt we ever will. Yeah, because the, the texture that brought our attention to this says Arnett will have to comment on this. Here's the thing. No, he won't. He does not hey, have well, to. Who, who's gonna, you know, I'm not going to text him. I don't, you know. And if I did, he'd probably be like, no, I got no comment, you know. He doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't. He doesn't work for uh, Mississippi State uh, anymore. Doesn't you know? And if he takes another job, chances are nobody would ask him about it. And as was demonstrated with our conversation about something unrelated earlier in the show, sometimes coaches don't have to comment on everything that happens in the media. That's correct. Sometimes you you don't have to say anything at all. Now, and the the thing we talked about earlier today, what set off. That was just objective fact being published like it is annually. It's a little bit different here, but but still, you know, coaches don't always have to address everything uh, that that is written about their program, and he doesn't have a program right, right. now. Also true. Where's also he going to go? By the way, I saw Corey Batoon ended up at Missouri, so cross that one off the list for Hugh Freeze's defensive coordinator. I saw a uh, um, a tweet that said South Carolina could be an option for him because you know they lost their special teams coordinator, so they could do a situations where you know Beamer was a special teams guy, he could take that over and bring in Arnett possibly. But I don't know. Arnett maybe might just be want to take the maybe want to take the year off. He's getting paid. If he doesn't work, he gets paid three million dollars. What does he care? Yeah, he shouldn't work. Why would he work? What do you do, what, Zach? If you're listening. I, I feel like he's already moved out of Starkville, but if you haven't and you're in the car picking up dinner for the family or something, hey, buddy, take the year off. Collect your seven figures. Yeah. Give it another shot next year. Go fishing. Do you do. think he likes I to would. fish? Go fishing. I mean, he's a West Coast guy. He used to live in San Diego, so yeah. He didn't probably, strike me as a golfer. getting out there. No, no. He's definitely a more of a country guy. He's probably more of a hunter than a fisher, if I had to guess. Oh, I bet he spent some time in the woods. Yeah, for sure. A listener sent us a picture of Scott Barry loading up uh, his uh, his truck with like 20 cases of water the other day. I replied, yeah. I bet you I know exactly where those waters are going. To the we hunting got a, camp. Uh, text here real quick before we go uh, from uh, JC who wants to wish his wife, Debbie, in Ocean Springs a happy birthday today. Happy birthday, Debbie. Hey, Debbie. You should let somebody else do the cooking for you. 
Happy birthday, Debbie. I hope you have a, a great one. We're, uh, we're thankful for you and all of you out there listening. Enjoy your basketball. Enjoy your football this weekend. For Richard, who's trying to get better before his call of Mississippi State-Auburn tomorrow. We'll see. And hey, Dad, I'm Borky. You guys have a great weekend. We will see you Monday at 3 o'clock, like we always do. We'll see you then. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.